Hello, welcome to Culture Fear. Culture Fear. Culture Fear. Culture Fear. Culture Fear. Culture Fear. That song does my head in, but let's put that to one side, shall we? Hello and welcome to 2018's first episode of Culture Fear. I'm really excited when I've been thinking about the coming year and what that means for myself with Culture Fear. And I guess we'll have another 12 episodes for you over that time, the first one being this. And I guess the conversations with the different people, like that's really exciting for me, thinking about that. So February and March's episode are going to see, hopefully, fingers crossed, our first guests that are from overseas which in itself is pretty cool. Personally, since I last put out the podcast, um, I've been freaking out a lot about my college work and the possibility of going to university. Uh, Most days I find myself extremely scared about it all, but hopefully I'll start just pushing through it and get through it and start having a bit more self-belief that I can get through it. Or if I don't, I do still get through it and then I get into university anyway. Had a very nice Christmas, um, time off work. I work in a school, so I had uh, been fortunate enough to have quite a bit of time off. So that was nice. I spent Christmas, had a really nice Christmas morning and afternoon with my family. Drove um, the uh, casual 280 miles up to my uh, girlfriend's in the northeast of England, which was, uh, re- had a really nice evening and a few days up there. Um, just want to shout out the podcast, The First, Uncivil, The Boy Who Hasn't Lived, and Adam Buxton for accompanying me on the way up and down from there. Great podcast, you should check them out if you're looking for new earworms. Had a fantastic New Year's with some of my favourite people in the world. I've been feeling the love ever since, as I always do with my pals, thankfully. It was a really nice evening, I do feel very hashtag humble to have such amazing and inspiring friends. But the start of 2018 also sees the end of the band Silent Front after 17 years. And um, yeah, so I caught up with Phil to talk to him about that and about everything really, Silent Front and him and new things and old things. Silent Front were actually the first band I ever put on. I did a charity show at the Fighting Cox with Lich and Ten Speed Bicycle. Can't tell you what year it is, but I'd imagine it was six, maybe seven years ago. Um, even just at that show, they kind of showed me that they were the epitome of their own like DIY ideals. They'd just gotten back from a European tour. that was, They'd literally driven straight to the show and they refused to take any petrol money so the money could go to charity. They offered their backline for all the other bands to use if they needed it. Their merch was always incredibly affordable and like so much more really. I'm sure that there's a lot of people as well as me that have seen the way that Silent Front have handled themselves and been quite inspired by it as they consistently show me um, what a band can do like if you want to do something and you you can do it and you can do it the way that you want to do it rather than how other people dictate how you do it Um, and that was really cool for me to see as a teenager and even now all these years later it's really cool to see how they're doing it and how they're bowing out and everything really 
I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, yeah, I'll catch you soon. I'll be back next month. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Cool. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Phil? What very been... good, thanks. Good, good. <laughs> what, what have you been up to? Um, uh, the usual. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> um, just finishing off all the Silent Front stuff. Um, you know, we're recording this weekend, uh, the last record. Um, been rehearsing like crazy, getting yeah. that sorted. And then apart from that, just, yeah, you know, art, music, tattoos, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where, where are you recording the record? Um, well, our last album we recorded and we did a couple of splits and uh, also the Unsane record that we did as well. We recorded with Wayne Adams at Bear Bites Horse Studio, uh, which is in like uh, Homerton. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah. sort of East London, but he's from Death Pedals, a band called Death Pedals, yeah. who we played with a lot. Um, and he kind of went self-employed when I went self-employed, but obviously me, Tattooist, him yeah. is a recording engineer and it's really bloomed. You know, he's done like loads of really good records. He's especially good at lower end sort of stuff, like heavier stuff, which yeah. is good. So, you know, we find someone we like and we just carry on. That is cool. Yeah, when him, you yeah. can... Um... You can put money towards your friends, like make like. I, I do want to add. There's no mates well. rates or anything, so just putting that out there, Wayne, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. How long have I known you? <laughs> oh, yeah, so doing that Saturday and Sunday, so cool. Six tracks in two days, nice. Yeah, all live though. So apart Is that from the vocals, how you normally do it? Live? Uh, usually, because because there's only three of us. And I've always thought we're much more of a live band. It's the best way to kind of contain that like live feel. So we set up like, uh, you know, sort of uh, room, a lot of room mics, acoustic mics for the vibe of of the room and stuff. Yeah. And we just sort of smash it out until we get it right, which can be quite frustrating sometimes <laughs> when you've been playing the same song for over an hour. So <laughs> maybe yeah. not that long. But. Yeah. <laughs> and um, has that always been the case or did you like start... And then you'd like always record separately. And then one time someone that you recorded was like, why don't you just try it live? And you're like, oh, this is how we're supposed to sound. Yeah, I mean, it's a long and laborious uh, uh, sort of uh, thing, you know, recording. And I've, I've never liked it. Like I have that red light syndrome where it's like as soon as it comes on, I just completely <laughs> fall to pieces. Um, I get really nervous and I fuck everything up and I just... So now I've kind of got my head round it after all this time. <laughs> but that's definitely been a part of it. You know, we've been with loads of different people. And, you know, the majority of them we've been very happy with. But Wayne's definitely the person who's, like, captured the, you know, the bass sound that we want, you know, everything cutting through, how it's meant to cut through. Um, even I'm quite specific about how the feedback comes out. Yeah, so yeah, it even yeah. does that well as, as well, which is good. Um, uh We've, I'm trying to think who we've recorded with in the past. John Hannon's one okay, of them. Okay, yeah, you know, South John End, is it? Uh, yeah, Run that's that right. Way. Yeah, he used yeah. to play in Understand and all those sort of bands. Yeah. That's way back. Um, we recorded a few things, I think, which we're quite happy with. Uh, cool. But it's quite far to go. But Does it... Yeah, everyone that I know that's recorded with him, I think they've recorded separately. Like, not... We did record separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it does. it does kind of work for some people but i guess he knows more than like 
most how to get that yeah. record separately but sound like it's supposed to sound. Exactly, yeah. He definitely achieved that with us, but I would say, like, you have to play with the click, which I can't do at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the drummer has to play with the click, then you've got to play along with the drummer, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of went down that avenue first of doing everything individually um, with, like, a guide track, and then we went to doing recording the bass and the drums together with the guitar yeah. guide track, and then doing the guitar and the vocals separately. But now we just, yeah, you know, just do... Dope. I mean, with, with my other band, with Wound, uh, we record the bass and the drums with guitar guide tracks, and then we put the guitars on afterwards. Yeah. And then the vocals, like, last. But, yeah, no overdubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so, going back, um, so are you from... You're from Kingston? Uh, yeah. Well, originally... Um, I was born in Hammersmith. I lived in Barnes till I was about six, and I moved to Twickenham. Okay, but I used to sp- I spent all my time in Kingston. Yeah, pretty much because there's nothing going on in Twickenham so much. I mean, probably get onto it later, but Heatham House is probably the main thing in Twickenham. But I'd say for other yeah social events, you know, when you're younger, underage drinking, things like that, come to Kingston. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's, <laughs> it's it's like so close as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean. As I mentioned before, Heatham House, that was kind of... I originally learnt to play guitar there when I was, like, 11, 12. Yeah. Um, just on kind of, like, a summer camp thing. Um, and being in, into music before that from the age of, sort of, six or seven. Yeah, tell me about getting into music, then. Uh, <laughs> uh, Were your parents into music before you got into it? OK, this is my parents' taste. My dad listens to Enya, <laughs> and my mum... I don't know what she listens to. <laughs> they had lots of vinyls, though, so I would listen to, like, a lot of The Who. Um, I got... Re- I remember distinctively when I was seven, I got into Lionel Richie, like, in okay. a big way. Like, I, used yeah. to love, I love his voice. Um, but then, you know, because my era was kind of, like, especially sort of when in your early teens, you usually pick up on the mainstream first, then you yeah, go to the underground. Yeah. So it was like the grunge scene was like a big thing for me. Yeah. You know, it's a Nirvana. Perfect gateway. Yeah, exactly. And it was a per- And things, I don't want to sound too much like, oh, things have changed. <laughs> but, you know, like I remember going to Russell's house, for instance, MTV used to have a thing called Alternative Nation. So it was like a big mix of, um, you know, the mainstream stuff, but then Alternative Nation had, like, Melvin's, Unsane. Yeah. You know, and I, this stuff, I was seeing this stuff when I was, like, 14, you know, and it was blowing my fucking mind, you know. I was yeah. just like, this is crazy. Like, that Unsane video with all the skateboard slams, the scrape, <laughs> and just that is something that's really stuck in my mind from my childhood. So then it kind of, that, when it's moved on to more... Yeah. Things like that, you know. Yeah, um, even, like, skateboard culture was punk culture at the time. Exactly. Which, obviously, yeah. is, like... I don't think it really is now. I think I things more... are definitely more divided. Like, they're more, um, yeah, separated, even yeah. on to down such, like, a very fine sort of level, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, when we first started playing, you know, if we tried to play it in squats or play abroad or anything like this, and this was even, this was only, like, 2006, it was kind of hard for us being a bit obscure music-wise because it was seen as being, like, only punk. We only book yeah, punk bands. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So punk bands has to be, like, fast, 4-4, four, four, 
you know, and three chord structures. Yeah. And that's it. If it's slightly weird, it's like, pff, we don't want to know. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for us to get into that. But now I think the DIY scene is like, it's become about the attitude, which yeah. is, I fucking love that because that's exactly what it's. And you can apply it to everything in your life, yeah. whether it's music or not. If you've got the punk attitude, how you do stuff, then you're, you're yeah. set because you just do it your own way. Yeah. Know? I want, maybe that was, I wonder what that was. Like, obviously that was, before my time I guess but I wonder what that was a push and I guess it was before your time as to why it was like that maybe yeah, yeah, maybe because yeah, there was the mainstream of like these bands and it's like yeah. oh well if you got in because of Nirvana like we only like punk That's and exactly Nirvana's it. not punk we're like Nirvana is punk it's punker yeah. than like most punk bands I'm sure yeah, that completely. come through that squat That's so true and you're right I think that if you have any I mean at least this is only this is only my experience but if you have any kind of uh, um, straight up parts or any kind of like leanings toward any, towards anything that was kind of a little bit mainstream, I think they were kind of shy away from it. Whereas yeah. now it seems, you know, because when you're an artist, you should listen and accept everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because you can't yeah. create something unless you accept everything. If you're like, I only listen to this music, it's like, you're just going to produce boring shit, dude, because like, you're not, you're not taking, there's only two, there's only two types of music good and bad and that's it you know like yeah. you could even you know there's some embarrassing shit that i could tell you that i listen to do you know what i mean yeah <laughs> which would be fair you know i'd lose a lot of scene points but it's part but, of the uh it's part of it isn't yeah it? exactly yeah, yeah definitely exactly picking from different and places. I, I used to be like that myself i definitely used to be like um you know i only listen to this kind of music you yeah, know? And it, yeah. Kind of, get, get, it catches you short you know because you need yeah to... and then you get a bit older and then um you like think back and you're like oh yeah i didn't really think that i was being like that yeah and now i'm here i'm like bit. wow yeah okay yeah <laughs> it's all right to like this isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so just got into music that way really it was very much a, a journey that i sort of crafted myself i would say to a degree and yeah. then when I met Russell, when I was like twelve, we kind of was out of school or out school, of school, yeah, okay, at, yeah. at Orleans and Twickenham, uh, and then we kind of bounced off of each other and sort of you know and got deeper and deeper into it, really. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was kind of the very first bit, but you know I've got to say that Heatham House in Twickenham, the youth centre where we used to rehearse for many many years, actually, even when I started working there, we still rehearsed there. And that was, re- without that place, you know, nurturing us, I definitely, I think that they inadvertently um, instilled the seed of DIY in our minds before we even fucking knew about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, because they started up their own label, you know, wow. they put out our first thing on their own label, you know, they had their rehearsal studio, they had their venue space, and this is all, like, super fucking DIY shit, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, having that kind of stuff... Is, is super DIY yeah. and we were taking this in not even knowing and then when we went on started organising tours and stuff we were like that's what we're doing yeah, but yeah. they've called it this like, yeah they've got a name they've yeah, got a tag yeah. for it but yeah, exactly. that's just what we've been doing exactly so it was kind of it was weird how it kind of the tides met yeah like that I guess know. that's how a lot of people yeah um, like get to I guess in punk because there's so many of those taglines like even like um, the amount of people that like at 15, we're like, drinking's crap. Yeah. And then, like, you know, for six months later, they're like, oh, there's already a thing for this. Yes. This yeah, works yeah, yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, yeah, why wouldn't we put our record out ourselves, like, make CDs? Because exactly. no one else is going to do it. Like, did you ever see the Anvil? 
Uh, I haven't watched it, no. Well, they're like... They are like a DIY band, yeah. but they can't even see it. To me, that's what I got from it, you know, yeah, when I watched yeah. them. They were kind of yeah. putting out all their own stuff, but they're kind of, you know, really getting frustrated that they're not being signed and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, well, you're doing all right, dude. If you just push it a little bit more, you don't need those middlemen, you know, you, you probably yeah. do all right. Yeah, yeah. I remember listening to, um, um, oh, it's when um, there was like a, 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 a small thing of um, bands where like... Um, they were like emo swoop, swooped like uh, <laughs> fringes, but there was like rapping and like scream, screaming in it. I can't remember what, but there was it's one like, like Dankcore or something like that. <laughs> that that would be it. But um, there was oh, one of the bands, I can't remember, but they were like the most popular one. And then the singer of Fucked Up was talking and he was like, I don't want to hear shit about that band because <laughs> they're dope. They're more DIY than Fucked Up will ever be, which I mean, whether DIY, but like he was like, they every single member of their tour, whether it's like the singer or the person that takes the stage down at the end of the night gets paid exactly the same amount. Oh, wow. And like, he's like, that's the most DIY I've ever seen. Yeah. He's fully like, socialist, man. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Like whether, um, and like, whether like they grew up thinking like, right, this is how we're going to do it. Or it's like, well, that's just, of course that's how we do it. Yeah, definitely. You know? And like you say, I think it does, it's same, works in the same respect with like genres, you know, and, and people naming things and stuff. I think that's quite a thin line. Yeah. Because things change, you know, and also when things become hip or whatever, people like to label them certain things that they're not. Yeah. You know, and just to kind of yeah. get ahead or And people whatever. in like the punk subculture like to be like, oh, that's like punk or that's DIY. It's like, yeah. Or it's its own thing, actually. And yeah. like, by yeah. you saying it's punk, like you're trying to make it what you are but yeah 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 like, he's trying to own thing. it really in a way yeah. i think yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah. it's a tricky one but, um, <laughs> but yeah that's that's cool that yeah he from house were like yeah oh you've made this ep like yeah well we'll make c was it cds what they cds doing? it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so not for not fully punk and not was, on the vinyl not on the vinyl <laughs> trip but you know yeah. <laughs> but i feel i feel it's a you know, again, without saying, oh, the good old days, but there's nothing like that now, you know, for, for kids, at least that I'm aware of, you know, yeah. on that sort of scale. So then, I mean, the first place that we started, my first ever show, proper show, uh, was at the Grey Horse when I was yeah. 16. Um, and of course, that doesn't do live music anymore. And that was Silent Front? That was Silent Front. With Russell? With Russell. Different drummer? Chris was our drummer okay. at the time, how long yeah. was he drumming for you? Um, how many drums have you had? Gareth is our seventh drummer, but longest. <laughs> <laughs> We're nice people, I swear. Um, <laughs> no, it's just... I, with, uh, how do I put this out? Sound like a complete arsehole. It was more that they couldn't keep up with me and Russell. Yeah. Not that they didn't want to do it, but I think it... You know, going on tour and dedicate you know i do i didn't have a holiday for 10 years i used all my holiday to tour yeah constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. and some people do like being at home some people don't like being away from home you yeah. know they don't like rehearsing twice a week <laughs> you know yeah, they want to yeah. have like they want to concentrate on their career or, or whatever all these multitude multitude of things um so that's really why we had yeah. a lot and that also includes like fill-in drummers because we had people yeah. that would just drum for us for like one tour yeah. and then go uh, because I mean, it's not you know. It's hard music's to find, a funny thing yeah. because if you're not fully invested in it, or what 
you know, or in the writing or anything like that, going away and sleeping on floors for like two, three weeks is not. It's not fucking appealing, is it, for, like, no money? (laughs) You know, which I can kind of, you know, getting sweaty and, you know, smashing out for half an hour, you know, to an hour every night. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's special when you, to find three, four, five people that are all on the same wavelength, whether that's for a year or, like, I mean, like, Silent Front, you've been, how long have you, like, so... I guess for people that like aren't aware, so how how old was you when you played your or first show? Had your first practice, you and Russell? first practice was like thirteen. And years how old are you now? I'm thirty six. Okay, <laughs> thanks for letting me say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going back to the quickly going back to the drum thing, you know, I almost feel bad. It's kind of a weird thing for me because all those people mattered. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but then at the same time when Gareth joined, it was like. This he's is the, what we've been waiting he's for. He's the guy, yeah. yeah this is and it. he's done so much, you know, like for us. Like, he really has. You know, yeah. I think the first week that he joined, he sold his car, bought a van. And then I think by two months, we'd all have started living together. Yeah. You know, and, he um, was like fully in it. And I'm sure there's no one that thinks of Silent Front doesn't think of you three. I, I would hope that. I yeah, hope that people yeah. wouldn't think that it's just me and Russell because it's certainly not. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we've definitely had the history, me and Russell, but I mean, that's only. You got to remember. I mean, I was saying this today to some friends that you know we were together eight years before we even got any sort of really sort of good shows and started touring properly. You know, yeah. and then Gareth's been in the band for like sort of ten of those years. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he has been it really for the long yeah. haul. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's Silent Front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, so Heatham House, obviously playing shows there. Was there other bands as well? Was there like a scene or community? Or was you're, it like- you're like this. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we used to play with a couple of uh, bands, little bands. One was called PSI and another one, Harkle Band, and another one was called Jetpack. And there was one guy in that band who now plays in a little band that you might know called 100 Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so Larry, I, I I'd known from back in the day because yeah. he, I looked up to those bands, you yeah. know, like and they used to play Heatham House a lot, like PSI, uh, Pound for Pound. There was like this kind of little scene of like, uh, sort of uh, beat down hardcore, sort of stamping ground, a little bit kind of like that. Yeah. Um. So he played in those bands before, like a hundred reasons. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and there was like. Also, going back to the DIY thing, is being part of that Heatham House is that's what I see. You know, that's what we were saying about uh, DIY before about it actually being about having a variety of bands, yeah. different styles. Yeah. That's what we had when we were younger. We had like walking abortions, which were like Sex Pistols punk. Yeah. You know, we had PSI, who were like the hardcore. Yeah. We had uh, Ripe, this band called Ripe, who were kind of like funk rock cool. sort of stuff yeah. like you yeah. know i mean i'd probably look at it with like rose tinted <laughs> glasses they're probably all shit including my band in fact i know my band were probably the shittest <laughs> but at the time we were super excited you know yeah. so it was like it carries on through i think yeah <laughs> yeah so there's definitely a variety of, of yeah. bands yeah and were they a bit older then you saying you uh yeah them? i think we were like 13 14 and they were probably like 
only a couple of years older, yeah. 16, 17, 16, 17. Yeah, but enough to be like, oh, they're, they're playing a show at the Great Horse. That's what we want to do. And yes. then two years later, you're doing that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it just kind of snowballs like from there, really. And we played, started playing... The Cox never used to do shows, actually. It was a rock bar, but it never used to do shows. Okay. Played the, so it was really the Grey Horse and the Peel yeah. that we used to play like a lot Yeah. Um, when we were younger. But yeah, I mean, that was really... The only places that we played yeah. <laughs> there in Heathrow House, probably. <laughs> yeah. So before you met Russell, like, um, was was like rock or like th- that kind of your thing? Yes, it and was. Was yeah, it Russell's definitely. as well? It was. So you can't. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I might. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so how did you get it? Was it just flicking through music channels or? Um, he was in the same geography class as me. Yeah. And I saw that he had, I think, like a. I can't remember how I. Found out, but I knew that he's... I mean, bear in mind, we were 13, all right? He was into Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so was I. So yeah. I was like... Friend for life. Yeah, for some reason, I, like, fucking hawked in on him. I was like, he's a Guns N' Roses fan. Just walked up from him and was like, my name's Phil Mann, and I'm a Guns N' Roses fan. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> I remember I had to kind of, like, try and crack, crack the egg a little bit, and I was just, like, chatting to him for quite a while in yeah. the class. And then um, I mentioned, I think time went on and I mentioned that I play guitar and I was really interested in, you know, exchanging what bands we listen to and yeah. stuff like that. And then, because um, he's actually from Barnes, where I used to grow up, okay, where, I, yeah. where I'm originally from. Um, and uh, yeah, just got chatting that way, really. And just, and then he kind of mentioned that he tinkered around on guitar a bit. Yeah. So we had our first rehearsal with my parents' um, front living room. But he was originally singer, so he would sing and I would play guitar. Yeah. And um, then when my parents were like, you're not doing this in the house anymore, <laughs> like you can go in the garage, went into the garage and we got another friend in who I think said that he would play drums. So I was like, Russell, you can play a bit of guitar. He like tinkered around. He was yeah. like, oh, I'll just play bass. So also as well... I didn't really have lessons to yeah. play guitar. So I, I was teaching Russell what I, the limited knowledge that I had. Yeah. So as we were playing together, we were learning together at the same wow. time. So yeah. we were teaching each other stuff and, you know, and practicing hard and just learning and learning. We never went to lessons or anything like that. So he picked up bass that way. And, you know, he's a great fucking bass player, man. He's yeah. still totally unique. You know, he's got his own style of doing things. He can come up with stuff and copy, you know, come up with stuff to what you've done without reading a note of music, you know, and he comes up with interesting bass, or at least I think interesting bass lines. And, um, yeah, it turns out this other guy couldn't play drums and he was just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then we end up getting a f- school friend of mine, so... Ding, someone's got a message. <laughs> hey, who's on Tinder in here? <laughs> Someone's got a match. <laughs> um, and it's not me. <laughs> uh, so you're, yeah, so you're, um, yeah, so you started playing out. So how did you, so you, when did you start, was like Kingston where you first like, let's play shows in like London around there or? Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, we would play, we'd play Kingston predominantly. And then we played uh, drips and drabs of like these awful fucking pay to play shows. They used to be. I mean, I don't know if they're even a thing anymore because I'm kind of out of the loop yeah. of that. But they they were rife. 
Yeah, so we play like a lot of those are. being naive. We just yeah, play them. Yeah. And you also have to. I think that yeah. when people are like, oh, like, fuck pay to play, it's like, you, it sounds like you're privileged enough to be in a position where you know DIY is a thing and you're part of that yeah, community definitely, definitely. that will give you gigs. But I know people that aren't and they have to play them shows because how and else can they pay? people have to realise that they have to do show. that. You yeah. know, I think people think that they just offer it on a plate. You know, they, they ask why, why have you been so together for so long? And it's like, it's because I love music. Yeah. If you put your focus on anything else, A, I think you're a bit of an idiot. And B, <laughs> you're not, you're going to get impatient and you're not going to, you're not going to see it through, you know, to, for your potential as yeah. writing. You know, if you want to write music and you want to play music that means something to you, you're not going to reach your potential if you just do it for a year. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to happen. You're just, you're, it's not. So I would say that what we did, um, sorry, I'll try and shorten this down. Um, so we played all those shows a lot and then we kind of got to know other bands and things like that. And then when it came to like a touring perspective um, in England first, yeah, we just started contacting bands that we liked. So we contact, and this is only... I'm going to sound really old, but this is like all with email. I mean, the internet yeah. wasn't even really like a proper, proper thing. I think there wasn't even MySpace. So we yeah. were like uh, kind of trying to contact bands just through email and stuff like that, bands that we liked yeah. and doing trades. Just looking in like records that you bought if they had an email address. Exactly, exactly that. So would be like find someone from, you know, uh, I think one of the first places we played was in Leicester actually. Um, this place called The Shed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think we contacted a band from there. I can't think who it is now. Um, but we'd say, like, you know, can you put us on and then we'll put you on yeah, down here. Yeah, you know, we'll try and sort something out. And that happened. And then as time went along, we increased it more. You know, we've contacted a band and be like, do you want to do a weekender with us? Yeah. You know, we'll play down London and then you can take us up and we'll play Nottingham. Uh, and then with our first tour of Europe, this Did you is tour the UK like a week or that before. Yeah, we t- we toured the UK. I'd, I'd probably say uh, like a week maximum. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't recommend to tour the UK any longer than that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you start playing these really weird places, <laughs> <laughs> like Twickenham, me from hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Which is fine if you're from there, but. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you don't know the locals. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) But actually, um, if my memory serves me well, we actually started touring in uh, France and Europe more prolifically than we did in the UK. Yeah. yeah. They were actually more accepting of us first off than we did over here. And then it started... um, We started getting the ball rolling more over here later on. Yeah. So, for... I mean, for instance, for our first European tour... Uh, we got in touch with like a DIY booker, which we, we I think we just came across him by luck or he contacted us. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I booked tours, you know. So he had booked like, I think maybe a week. Yeah. We were like, if we're going to go out there, fuck it. Let's like try and do two weeks. So we just contacted <laughs> venues. We contacted gigs that were already on, yeah. other bands, and we managed to fill it up. We, had, we played uh, 15 shows in 16 days. Amazing. Just like Perfect. went out there, smashed it out, like played all these shows totally like expanded our minds blew our you know our minds out completely um and came back and then after that we were like right we've got the tools yeah. you know now so we'll just apply it here um and I, you know england's tough man 
I'd definitely say they've got a better attitude for music out. I mean, for us, we're definitely yeah, in France, yeah. but we've played all around Europe. But, I mean, they just seem to have a more of an accepting... It's still, at least back then, it seems, like I was saying before, it still seemed quite cliquey. Yeah, and it was yeah. hard for us to kind of get into it um, that way, but eventually we cracked it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even, um, like, from me, like, I guess my first, like, punk shows were... 2007 maybe but so for the next five years after that Kingston was even quite cliquey where they like it thrived in certain areas of like punk but like there wasn't a lot of crossover for certain other things as yes, well definitely all very like sectioned and divided divided up yeah yeah I mean even when I went to when we went to the uh used to play the pill a lot I mean, they had, like, the twang Friday nights, which is mainly, like, metal. Okay. So it seemed to be, like, you know, either metal or punk. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there was no kind of in-between um, until, I think, uh, Banquet and John started putting a lot, a lot more shows. There seemed to be a lot more diversity. I think they had probably quite a big hand in bringing in, you yeah. know, fair the few different American things, Touring which is good. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how it works. I mean, yeah. Like it is. I mean, it works different for everyone, you yeah. know, but I, I would say whatever you do, like, just mean it and just keep doing it because if you, the payoff is just doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah, don't yeah. look for anything else because that's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. Or at least it, it will only happen if you mean it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how have the last few years of, like, silent, so how, how did Gareth, how did you get, get hold of... Uh, I think he just, uh, we were down, uh, I think this was after Dan had sort of packed in. Uh, Dan left because I think he was about to have a, a kid, so he, he yeah. kind of couldn't really, he didn't really want to go on tour and stuff like that. Um, so I think he must, I don't think we'd even put out, I think maybe we just put like a personal Facebook yeah. thing Um saying we needed a drummer, and he just contacted us. Yeah. Um, you'll have to ask him how he knows us, because I can't really remember. <laughs> yeah. My memory is awful, dude. But um, I met him at a show... I think Piss Jeans were playing at the Old old Blue Last. So, like, we met there, just yeah. had a few beers, and got along well. And then we got to practice, and he'd, like... We just asked him to sort of, like... You know, we said well, our set's going to be like six songs or whatever, nothing yeah. like huge. And we got to practice, and he just nailed four of them straight off the bat without like no stop. Yeah, and we were straight away. We were like, look yeah. at each other, <laughs> <and we're> like, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's like bang on tight. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, yeah. So that's how we got him him involved. Um, but I mean, as far as the past few years have been, it's been great. I mean, it's it it's naturally sort of slowed down a lot. Okay. So we kind of thought, yeah. you know, it's kind of better just to. Did you think at one point that, oh, we've gone this far, it's probably never going to finish or just... Or... <laughs> yeah, and also, like, also with breaking up, like, I've had a few wobbles. I'm like, you know, shit. I'm, is this the right just, decision? Right thing just to do. Yeah, play for two years. like, it has, like, literally been, like... It's hard to explain to people because, obviously, I, you know, I had jobs and stuff yeah. like that, like any anyone. Um you know, I wasn't paid to play music yeah. as, as per se, but I mean, that was this, that's been pretty much my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like from all, at least from all of my adult life. Yeah, work you know, to do up that. until now. Yeah, yeah exactly, like, exactly. That's what work was for. So I think it's more the thought that it's like, I've been used to this thing for so long that now it's just going to go. But I think the fact that we 
I think it would be more of a problem if we hadn't have said we're doing a last show. If yeah. we just let it just drift off. And then just play, oh, we've been offered this, can we all do it? Yeah, yeah it, it would. that would bug me. I think okay. it's good. I'd rather like a terminal cut-off point and just be like, this is this. We've to play a good last couple of shows, put out a good last record, and then that's it. And then we yeah. just move on to the next thing, you know, because that's how life works. It's chapters, you know, like... One hell of a big chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's weird, man. But it's the right thing. Yeah. I mean, Garrison, another band. I'm in another band. Russell's a teacher. We weren't kind of um, getting together as much as we should or playing shows as much yeah. as we should. And, you know, with any sort of creativity, you really have to just keep it going. Yeah. You know, and just strike what the iron's And I guess... The frustrating thing now is like, well, we're doing this last show and we're doing this last record, so now we're practicing all the time. Yeah, but... that's that's exactly <laughs> it. It's, that's exactly it, dude. Like, and that's the other thing because we're writing as well. It's like there's that fire, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's fucking why we're we've been a band for so long. We get in rehearsal studio yeah. and we just like bang it out. And now I'm not going to have that. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. But then you have to see it from the greater perspective. And that you like, weren't doing that real situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you know, things move on and yeah. you, you just got to do it. Because you right, know when right you know, way. I guess. Yeah, definitely. And um, But there is nothing, for me anyway, there's nothing better than something that you love creatively. Like, where you're just like laying in bed and just thinking, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And you're just like... Yeah, 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 definitely. All the time you're just like walking down the street and you're like... That would be cool. We could, you know, do this or we could release our record and this could be our T-shirt or like yeah, yeah, all these definitely, little things where definitely. you're just like thriving that, off That's of it. very true. I mean, we've definitely spoken about doing other projects in the future though. Not yeah. completely not playing music. I mean, I want to try to do more multi-instrumental thing, you know. Yeah. I definitely want to do it with Russell and Gareth and do it, get some other people involved as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's for the future. So, I mean, definitely we'll play together. So we'll still be able to lock in on that. Yeah, vibe, you know, but just <laughs> yeah. be just doing something different. What we won't do is reform because that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> because what happens is, is you break up in like I don't know, for instance, two thousand and one, and then you reform in two twenty seventeen, but you're still playing the same <sighs> style of music that you played in two thousand one in two thousand and seventeen, <laughs> and people just go, nah. <laughs> At least I do, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it's, yeah, it seemed like a good idea, but. Um, so when you saying you were working, um, like when you were touring and that before the tattooing, what were you doing? Um, okay. Uh, brief rundown. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> or, so or in detail. I went to college, um, and then I didn't go to university. I'm not an academic person. Do you think that was to do with the band or you that just like, definitely to do with the band. Yeah. Um, because Russell's the same as me. He's not academic. Um, he went straight to into work after school. He didn't go to college either. So we had this thing yeah. together that we were really proud of. And like any, you know, you work with what you've got, right? Like I'm not going to get in debt doing something that I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. I'd rather just do the band and see how far, you know, we can go yeah. with that, you know, yeah. and just and work jobs. Jobs to me weren't something that was really important. It was just to pay for music so i worked in a video shop i worked as a caretaker i worked as a youth worker i worked in a wind tunnel uh with sheldon in a wind tunnel um that was weird (laughs) uh geez a builder yeah how long were you building for uh the building job was actually one of the longest jobs that i had because they were so flexible yeah with my time off yeah 
And also they knew what it meant to me. So if I'd run out of holiday, they'd say, well, you can, you can take the time off. We just won't pay you for it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't need money really. So I just, you yeah. know, I would just go, go off and try and tour as much as possible uh, that way. So, yeah, I mean, that was really... Did they get um, it? Like, what was it? Was there a culture clash at all or was it all right? Because I've worked I on building sites and sometimes yeah, you're like... Yeah, I mean, you know, like that, that uh, I don't know, my generation at least, you always get the relatives like, oh, when are we going to see you on Top of the Pops? Like, <laughs> you really don't fucking get this, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the bar on so, Top of the Pops, that's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, it's, if anything, that's the thing that I hate the most. <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they understood that it was important to me, yeah. but they didn't understand it, what it was necessarily. But I think where the confusion came along is that they they couldn't marry up the fact that we were playing in Europe, but we weren't famous. Yeah, and that you're you know sleeping I mean? on a floor in a squat with a dog like coming Ex- and sniffing you at like <laughs> yeah, or, three in or the morning, pissing on you, which has happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a question. Yeah. A funny, funny Euro tour. No, Let's have some stories. There. You must have some. <laughs> Played in a squat in Paris once, and there was thirty dogs in, in the venue. I, I'm not. Well, at least some come to watch you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, there was more of them than there was the crowd. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, they were. Uh, using the toilet, which uh, the floor was a toilet, which was all carpeted, oh, carpeted walls, God. and there was all these like they were basically like traveller punks. Okay. So sort of they were really gutter punks, you yeah. know, like they live in it. You could smell like, that place. Time. You could smell that place. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were just yeah, just going nuts, rolling when, around in it, and just wow. I yeah. love that you think. Oh, I thought I was like part of a subculture and then I see you lot and I'm like no this is a subculture <laughs> well let, let, let me cut right in there because they did offer us to stay there and I think that was the only time that my kind of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that I was like uh, we got a mate around the corner we're going to stay in his flat <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah, his name's Holiday Inn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> F1, mate, in Europe. They're, they're the best. Uh, self-automated motels, man. You can pack, like, eight people in a three-person room and no one no one will know. F1. I'll uh, keep it in mind. Yeah, if you ever get out there and you've got a place, you know, short to stay, then definitely yeah. go there. So you... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, really, uh, then I got to my... Uh, sort of late 20s and I was like shit now the hammer's coming down like you know I've got to find something that I'm going to be happy with yeah because that's what I wanted to talk about as well like making that jump like to tattooing like that's amazing especially now you're reaping the rewards for it right yeah 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 definitely I mean it's 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 still quite hard I mean I'm only really sort of four or five years in full time like professional but um uh, I mean, I, th- there was a leap, but then at the same time, you know, tattoos and music are very closely related. Yeah. So I think without having done all that stuff with Silent Front, I, pro- I probably would have found it a lot harder because I know a lot of people are in bands who are now tattooists or were tattooists yeah. at the time. A lot of people who get tattooed, so they're willing to yeah. get tattooed by me. Especially with um, yeah. the st- your style. Yeah. Like, I'd imagine that if you didn't have, already have like um such a big friendship group or like whatever you want to call it um like people aren't walking off the street and like not everyone is walking off the street most of them are asking for like a guinness harp or something (laughs) like not uh not the kind of like stuff that you're doing yeah i mean there is uh, that's called bread and butter that the bread and butter tattoos and you know 
uh, that's definitely what keeps that's you what know, pays the people bills, clocking really. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I would say I earn eighty percent of my money from custom stuff. Eighty Amazing. to ninety yeah, percent. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. So you know, I mean, if I can get it up to a hundred, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but um, I know that it's early days, and I'm I'm retaining as much patience as I had for music as I do for my my work now. Yeah. And I realise that it's a long road and I've got lots to learn about myself and about tattooing and you know and how it goes along but there's a lot to be said for those those walk-ins you know and I think a lot of terrorists make out like they you know that they only get by on their sort of like super cool hipster but custom nah, tattoos but I can guarantee you they've done all them fucking infinity this, symbols yeah. <laughs> back and forth on the yeah, tribal back, yeah exactly yeah dream catchers yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um it definitely helped yeah, music. Yeah, and I guess um, like I mean, you can laugh about those tattoos, but one, I think that's a bit silly because that's what has made tattoo culture so without much bigger. Like without that, doubt, every everyone like has got an in like one of those symbols, which means it's that got an infinity symbol right yeah. there, mate. So if every, if every, <laughs> yeah, so then like if everyone's got one, and it means oh, like let's look into tattooing more. Exactly. I yeah. mean, it's the same as records. You know, you buy like a Guns N' Roses record. You know, when you're 12, yeah. and then by the time you're 23, you listen to Fugazi. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, or, you know, younger than that or whatever. But um, uh, you can't discount that sort of thing no. because it's all relative. Yeah. Those tattoos, you know, I could scoff at them, which I don't. No. Um, because A, they're paying me, and B... Um, Who used to do that uh, as well? A but... is they're paying me, by the way. That comes first. <laughs> yeah. B, it means something to them. Yeah, you know, definitely. like, and it really does. I mean, it's, so what if a, you know hundred thousand people got the same thing? You know, it means they're very out that they've stepped in the shop and they're getting something permanently yeah. put on them. Is you know, I mean, you know, you've got tattoos. You know what it what it means to. That's part of it. It's not yeah. only what you're getting. It's the process of getting it, yeah. you know, and then walking out and then feeling proud about it, you know, like yeah, showing your mates and just yeah. being like chuffed, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. So, what was the job just before? Like, when did yeah? So, tattooing. How are you? Like, that's a bit of me. That's what I want to do. Um, well, I lived with um, at the time. I lived with. Uh, Liam Sparks. I don't know if you know him. He's quite mm-hmm. a well-known tattooist. He owns Old Habits in um, Dalston. Okay. Uh, but he used to play drums for a band called Trencher. Yeah. Uh, and I think another band called Queen of Swords as well. So he's kind of... They were very much involved in the sort of um, more arty side of the underground, sort of DIY, sort of independent music side. So he's like a really good friend of mine and, you know, we used to play a lot. I went on tour with Trenchers, you know, to, as a roadie, you know, for a laugh yeah. and shits and gigs. And um, uh, he got into tattooing when I lived with him in New Malden. Yeah. Um, so he started getting into it. I got a lot of his early work on my legs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he, he was definitely like, I mean, meeting uh, those guys, Mark as well, I mean, they were like a big, they, they were kind of another... Uh, sort of um, benchmark of my of my journey so far. Yeah, you know, for in, you know, we we're saying you know the first thing was Lionel Richie, then it was like the first Rage Against the Machine, then it was Melvin's, then it was Fugazi. Yeah, you know, with this was kind of the next stage. You know, we played, then we met Trencher. You know, and it got, it got more we got more well known. Um, in that house in New Malden, we had so many bands stay from. Yeah. Um, all around, Plains of Stake and for Stars, True North, um, uh, 
an albatross, daughters. Uh, God, the list is we yeah. used to have bands in and out of there constantly staying. Um, so that was the next benchmark. So Liam definitely helped me out a lot with sort of understanding different types of music, different types of art. And then when he got into tattooing, I think that kind of triggered it in my mind because I actually got tattoos before he'd ever been tattooed. Okay. Uh, my dad's got lots of tattoos. I was always very, got tattooed from a young age. So I was always, always very into it. But me being me, um, I'm a bit of a space cadet sometimes. I, I just didn't sort of see it, you know. And then when yeah. it clicked, I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. I've been doing this for like years. <laughs> yeah. But everything happens for... For a reason at the right time. I, I, that's how I feel about yeah. things. And I think it came at the right time. And then, yeah, I was doing building work and I was tattooing on the weekends. Um, I got an apprenticeship and I was tattooing from a studio on weekends, uh, drawing all the time. I was working like seven days a week for like two years pretty much to, yeah. to, to get there. It was hard. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely when Silent Front started slowing a little bit. But that wasn't just me. Uh, Gareth joined USA Nails, who yeah. obviously got quite popular quite quickly. Um, uh, and Russell started becoming a teacher, yeah. you know, and he's training to be a teacher still, still now. Um, so it kind of all happened at the same sort of time. Yeah, that's nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how is it now? Like the tattooing and that was. Uh, and, yeah, and it's good. I mean, in, it's in general. Well, I try. I do stuff for bands as well. Yeah. So I'm always trying to. Um, I don't like sticking to just one thing, really. I like to yeah. do lots of different stuff. So I'm, I'm not just tattooing. I'm doing prints. I'm doing, like, I'm making banners. You know, I'm doing all kinds of different multimedia art. I try to do as much as I can without spreading myself too thin. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that. And then, obviously, the tattooing helps because it's there's a lot of freedom within tattoo as well because you're self-employed. You know, you can choose yeah. when you work, when you don't want to work. So if you've had, like, a really good week, take a few days off and just paint yeah um so i want to get into selling more art as well and doing that sort of thing yeah um but then i'm doing wound as well so that's kind of yeah keeping me busy yeah what's the good. crack with wound at the moment uh so it's me uh and luke from the studio luke's yeah. the, um one of the types that, that owns the studio um uh gavin and uh greg uh craig from bast i don't know if you know bast sort of post metal okay Kingston, Kingston lads, they've been around a long time. Cracking, cracking band. Yeah. Like for post metal stuff, they're awesome. Um, and they've been doing it almost as long as us. Yeah. Um, I would say 15 years, probably. Nice. Um, and another friend, Greg on drums, but it's totally different. Silent Front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I mean, I've always been into metal as well. So, and hardcore, um, you know, I've, I've always been into Converge. I've followed them since pretty much since day one. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely that more, that end of stuff, but yeah. we're trying to make it a bit weirder. Is the writing process different to Silent Front? So different. And Quick. The, yeah. Oh, Quick. Okay. Yeah. And Silent Front's not so much. No, because it's our baby, you know. So we write something and then we're just like, ah, nah, I'm not sure, man. Shit, you know, we'll liberate, you know, we we'll sort of take our time and pull it apart. Whereas, like, you know, I write a bunch of riffs, fast yeah. riffs, you know, and like they've got a bit of something weird about them or whatever. And I'll bring them to practice and we just crack them out because there's, you know, there's five of us. Yeah. It's not just me and two yeah, other guys. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's bouncing ideas off of each other. And by the end of a practice, we've got a good formation of a song. By the second or third practice, the song's done. Nice. You know, yeah. and then we move on to the next one. So we're already, I think, 
we started, we released an EP. It was like uh, four or five songs. Then we're just about to release another three song EP. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's all within a year. Yeah. Um, and now we're already three songs into our album. Amazing. So I'm hoping we'll have our album finished by sort of, you know, mid next year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And who are you recording? Who have you, have you recorded? With Wayne again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stick to what you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you find it. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've recorded with enough people. Yeah, that... definitely. I mean, I know, no offence to Wayne, but I know that when we record our album, we definitely want to, you know, take our time with and with who we choose. Yeah. You know, and even maybe spending a bit of money. An album is like, that's yeah. different. Because, I mean, we with the first Silent Front album, you know, we didn't have the sort of desired experience, uh, desired result that we would have liked. And I think it kind of made the album fall short a little bit. Yeah. Which still bugs me to this day. I mean, we had it remastered and it sounds way better. Yeah. But you know what it's like. You want to nail it first time. <laughs> so I think, you know, life's a learning process. So, you know, it's, yeah. as long as you take a positive from something, then you just got to keep moving. So yeah. I'm glad that happened for that reason. Um, so this, with our album, I mean, I'd love to record a Kurt Ballou, but we'll see about that. <laughs> that would be, but that's the cool, like, yeah, every Might time. just get a loan and then change my name and leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll scratch all of this as I'll delete this. Uh, as that yeah. Oh, hello. My name is. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the cool thing with with especially with an album. I think like and like recording. Every time you record with someone new, you're learning something. You might you're seeing it from someone else's. Like if especially if that person that's their job. Yeah. So like they really you know they're making it as good as they can because it's a reflection on them completely and everyone's got different techniques That's even if you recorded yeah. with someone who is like yeah like church of kurt Ballou, like he is my favorite producer if you went to kurt Ballou, be like it probably would be quite a different process even Definitely. if they're watching kurt Ballou on youtube and they're like oh kurt does this completely but, it's 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 like playing an instrument you know it's everyone plays it differently yeah yeah it's exactly like that yeah yeah and um yeah, so that's that's cool. So how how does so Silent Front typically? Obviously, it's been a, like a lot of songs, but will you come with a riff, or does Russell or will Russell come with bassline, or uh, we mix it up? Yeah, yeah. So it'll either be me or or him, um, depending on you know who's had the most sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, as a whole, um, I would say Gareth's definitely really good at like arrangements and stuff yeah. like that, you know, as a drummer and stuff. And then I think as well, for me with music, it's very much about the subtle subtleties, you know, like, so even if you're, I've always liked that in music, you know, if I listen, I listen to stuff, or I listen to people are probably going to hate this, but I listen to a lot of jazz. Okay. And to me, jazz is about the subtleties, you know, like yeah. for instance, like with a guitar, you know, there might just be a like a slight bend somewhere, you know, and it just it just polishes it off for me, you know. It's just like yeah. yes, and you like, might not hear it for the yeah, first might, two years, exactly. And then you're like, oh, yeah, and you hear it, it's like God. that's fucking full of feeling. That just that one that one bend or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so I think with Silent Front, we get like the basis down, um, uh, and then just pull it apart, rearrange it, you know, and then even after that, once the arrangements are set. I mean, for instance, we rehearsed last night for a recording on Saturday yeah. and I'd already added a few bits to a song that I thought was done. Yeah. And I'm talking about, you know, adding like a 
part mute somewhere. But to yeah. me, it just made it sound, you know, way better, just yeah, that one yeah, part. Yeah. Like, um, so it's always kind of... And I think it should be like that. And I think with Silent Front, we've definitely had songs in the past where we had no timing on how when it would finish yeah. or when it would change or when it would stop when it would start we'd just jam it yeah and to me that's i like that you know i like being able to jam stuff and just see have the feeling amongst the three of you yeah you know and there's no discount to, to wound at all because it, but because it, it is a totally different yeah. thing but i would say definitely and it does happen with wound but i would definitely say with silent front just based on the fact there's only three of us is the energy is a lot clearer between the three of you and, and the being able to lock well. in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially and being able to lock like in you're is a lot easier. You and Russell. Yeah. Like, there's no one that can play like you two. Like, you can't play with anyone else the same way, I'm sure. Ex- exactly. And I'm sure if 20 years' time, I mean, it won't happen, but you you haven't played music together and then you sat down and you'd be like, <laughs> wow, it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, hope, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Because, not... I mean, we, we, yeah, like I was saying, you know, we learnt together. So yeah. yeah. And then you've got the history of Gareth as well. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, with with wounds, um, you know, playing with Gav uh, as far as the guitars go, playing with uh, Craig, you know, he definitely plays a lot, a lot more like me, and I really notice that, and yeah. it really helps a lot. You know, because he understands how I work. Um, same with Gavin, we're, we're we're all quite loose players. Yeah. Um, and you know, Greg like fits perfectly into that that mix. You know, he gets that I don't fucking no miles from my elbow when it comes to like re- <laughs> working out what a timing signature is that I've just written yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. well I don't know <laughs> it's this isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh. and um so what's um the last I guess at this point well when this comes out yeah this will be a few weeks before the last Silent Front show and this, uh, there's, yeah. there's there's shows around that right is uh, it- well we're doing four last ones cool um uh, go onto the website to find out what dates and venues they are because I can't remember. <laughs> you got a Brighton one? Uh, yeah, we got Brighton, uh, Paris, Dublin, and London. Amazing. Yeah, so that should be good. We're going. We're doing uh, Brighton and Paris with uh, Bruxa Maria. I don't know if you know that band. I don't Bruxa know. Maria. They're really good. Jill uh, is quite a, a big um, uh, name on the if i can use that term on the on the underground um she's lovely she's awesome but she drives like a lot of bands she's got okay. a band she drives bands on tour so she's she's quite nice but she's her band's awesome she's got yeah. the sickest voice man like amazing yeah that's cool yeah so uh, we're playing with paris and brighton with them so you'll be in their their van uh yes yeah gonna so go in their van yeah how is it that's not the only reason in... they're playing with us so <laughs> we can use their van <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Gareth selling. Is it the van that you said when he joined the band he bought a van two weeks later? Uh, no, that one got stolen. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, none of our stuff was in it, thank God. Wow. But, um, yeah, we had like a VW Transport with two seats bolted in the back. Uh, it was great, that fucking van, man. But, like, yeah, yeah he parked it uh, in Wimbledon, of all places, like wow. upper middle class. Yeah, he got nicked. And then we had a transit, an ex, an ex um, uh, highway service van. Yeah. Um, we had that for years. Yeah. We had it repaired and all kinds of stuff. We had it for years. Toured that fuck out of that thing, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like the power steering was like made a noise <laughs> <laughs> after a while. Um, so, yeah, we obviously because we're kind of breaking up, we just, the van came to an end. So we just yeah. got rid of it and, yeah. then, and that was it. So. <clears throat> and then you got the last show, New River Studios. New River Studios on 27th of January with. Um, uh, 
um, house screenwives and <laughs> one unique signal. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, we were actually we were trying to aim to get bands from back in the day that yeah. were still together. Um, and one unit signal were one of those bands uh, yeah. that we used to play with from sort of the age of about eighteen. Yeah, I've known those guys. Um, we tried to get Art of Burning Water because Gaith I've known for like a, a long time yeah, too. Another band that have been yep, doing been around for a very, very so long time. Good. Unfortunately, I think uh, Kunal has just had. Um, I, people who are listening must know who Kunal is. Superfly <laughs> yeah, Records, you'd, legends. You'd hope. Yeah, <laughs> good lad, noted lad. Um, uh, I think he's just had a kid, so yeah. he, they can't do it unfortunately. So we got um, Screenwives to do it and. One unique signal, so it nice. should be nice. And yeah. we're going to play a whole bunch of our old stuff as well, off off of our old records and some new stuff. Are you going to and... play the first song you ever wrote? Do you remember the first <laughs> song you ever wrote? I do remember it, and no, I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you see Russell, we'll ask him about the lyrics to that song. <laughs> Nothing bad. They're just really shit. <laughs> I, know, I was hoping that this this drummer that you've just found, like, haven't seen him for fifteen years, yeah, just put him out and know what you're playing this. Oh, yeah, I haven't picked up sticks for how long? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> I, I still um, I still know him actually. Oh really? Yeah, first yeah, drummer. yeah. He's I think he's moved down to the coast. He's got a kid, but still because he's he was like a family friend. Yeah. But, um, hopefully you'll get up for the last show. Yeah, hopefully. That'll yeah, cool. hopefully. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Yeah. Hopefully I don't cry. We'll see. Yeah, no Kingston show. Um, I guess London is Kingston. Like, I, Kingston is yeah, we were thinking that, but we kind of, we don't want to be like, you know, fuck Kingston, <laughs> um, which we weren't, but we wanted to kind of, we wanted to cater for, Every, yeah, everyone yeah. and it kind of seems that there's more people that end than there is this end now yeah um so i think it's it's just more fair if we kind of get the small yeah. the minority to travel up than yeah, yeah you yeah. know the other way around uh um, new river is sick as well yeah it's great venue it's yeah. great venue great venue um yeah re- really really cool place um and diy as hell which is great to be able to finish there yeah um yeah no stage good sound so yeah, it should be good. Um, hopefully, there's a lot of people there. We'll see. If only to see me cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon we'll probably try and wrap around that. Cool, man. Um, but yeah, so got the record, which you can buy on Kickstarter, right? Yes, you can. Uh, we've actually reached our limit now within like a month, which we are super, super stoked. So anyone out there who gave money, we just want to say thank you so, so much because. Yeah. Obviously, it was like we couldn't find a label to invest on in our last record because we were breaking up. So all those people that put money in that supported us, like, it's absolutely priceless to us and we can't thank you enough for, like, your support. Um, so we've we've reached the limit. So now hopefully we can give you something really, really good, you know, can with a nice sleeve, still, stuff like that. Can you still buy it? Can you... Do they let you, can you go see, you can over? Still, you can still pre-order. So if people still want to pre-order it, it's going to be 12-inch, six songs... Um, uh, now we can include like a nice booklet of loads of old photos, oh, all kinds amazing. of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be called Three because it's our third album and there's three of us. Um, uh, yeah, so it's going to be, it won't be available at the show, unfortunately, because obviously we've got to get pressed and get all the yeah. funds out and stuff like that. But 
it will be on order and we'll, once it's pressed we send it all out to everyone yeah um and then obviously there's still room to, to order more so if you want to you know if anyone out there wants to pre-order pre-order more and we can get more pressed and send them out sweet and um where can i find wound oh <laughs> we're kind of um uh you can find us on Bandcamp yeah. under our old name okay um but don't do that find us on um on spotify under our new name which is wound <laughs> um because we've got an ep coming out around sort of First of January. Okay, so this sort of yeah, time. be out. Uh, yeah, so it'll be out in lucky. Yeah, before this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Imagine. Yeah, exactly. So that yeah, that, so that'll be out then. Um, What's that just to listen called? to. Um, it's self-titled wounds, just three tracks, um, and then there'll be an album to follow um, after that. Sweet. Yeah. And um, where can I find your art and tattooing? Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I really operate mainly through my Instagram at the moment. Um, so it's just philmantattoo underscore HLT. Um, you can find all my tattoo and artwork stuff there. Um, yeah, Silent Front, you can find, just type it into Google and it will pop straight up. Um, unless you're trying to look for some sort of like weird military <laughs> yeah, where is what is the name? How did we or? get it? Uh, we were taking the piss out of a childhood friends band when we were at school who were called Blindside, and we were like, Oh, Silent Front. And we were like, All right, let's call ourselves that. <laughs> <laughs> they broke up, I might add, so we weren't, you know, totally ripping them off. <laughs> yeah, it just stuck, stuck, you know, it's hard to find a name, doesn't really mean anything which per se is, to us, but yeah. you know, it's just a name that we like the yeah. sound of, so we just kept with it, and 23 years later, it's still there. I'm not sure I even still like it, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, sweet. Anything you want to add? Or no, that's, you... I just thanks for having me, man. Thanks for, for, you know, all this sort of bits towards the end and, you know, getting a bit of attention is, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. Cool. So thanks, thanks for Perfect. asking me to talk. <laughs> no <laughs> problem. Too much. <laughs> there we go. We'll, uh, we'll call it there. Sweet. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the whole conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, the music for the intro was by uh, my buddy Sean. Check him out at soundcloud.com forward slash KFS1. Everything that you have heard and will continue to hear is engineered, produced, mixed, etc., etc., etc. by my good friend Liam Clayton. Check him out at Liam C. Audio. The logo I got done was by Jack Smith and is updated by Stephen Hill. Check them both out. Google is your friend with that. And the song you're hearing me talk over right now is called Veil and it's by Silent Front. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 